Have any of you ever purchased those end of year activity sets on TPT and thought, you know, I, I don't know what kind of woman this person thinks I am, but I don't have the kind of time or disposable income that clearly she thinks I do. And I'm assuming that the people who write these activities have a room in their house dedicated to the stacks of money that they need to store and clearly think I'm going to stay past contract hours every single day on the last week of school. I'm so done by the last week of school that I'm fairly certain that I'm drinking enough coffee that it would show up on a drug test. That is the mental space I have for end of year activities. Hello, my time crunch teachers, and welcome to the show. This is your team teacher, Marielle Derizier, here to help you optimize your teaching technology and time management. Today, we're talking about the last week of school, or as I call it, how to hug a tornado week. Is there anything more chaotic than the last week of school? I mean, I know everyone thinks the first week of school is the most hectic, but it's not. It's exciting. The kids are quiet because they're like shell-shocked and you're new. Man, the last week is bonkers. And it always feels like there's a ton to do. And yet there are all these events or special activities going on that completely change your weekly schedule and the flow. And it throws the kids off. It throws you off. You can't do all your normal stuff. Plus, the kids and teachers, for that matter, are very, very much done. Well, today, I'm going to give you my favorite last week of school activities that will not only help you keep your sanity, but they also will provide a little bit of fun for the kids, too, because ultimately, that's what it's about. You want to send them off having a good time you know, reminiscing about all the fun and enjoyment they had in your class and getting them ready for the summer. And the best part about these activities is that they're cheap or free and they require very, very minimal prep. So if you happen to be listening to this episode in the States on Memorial Day evening, I've got you. They also work with a variety of age groups, so feel free to tailor them to your needs. All right, the first topic is what I'm going to call activities disguised as teaching, because um, not every day can be a movie day. I'm sorry, I know. Like you're still teaching the last week of school. And to be fair, these are actually super fun. And it does actually teach the kids a few activities. The first one's not going to sound like it, though. The first one is how to blow a bubble with bubble gum. All you need is bubble gum. Uh, the more obnoxiously and artificially pink it is, the better. So pass out the gum to the kids. It's hilarious. Many of them have not had like the real bubble gum, like the big honking piece of bubble gum that like fills up your whole mouth. It's adorable watching them try to just like chew it. And you tell them to try and blow a bubble. Now, I'm in my second year of teaching second grade. I've actually yet to meet a second grader who knows how to blow a bubble <laughs> bubble gum. But you know what? They try and give them some space. There's going to be some spit. There's going to be a lot of like, pff, 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 
sounds as they don't figure out how to stretch the gum. Um, get ready for them to wash their hands because they're going to try to try to stretch it over their tongue with their fingers. Anyways, it's hilarious. It's adorable. Eventually, uh, some of them get it. But the point is they're going to try and practice. They're going to try and get as close as they can. And let me tell you, I thought I was a popular teacher and the kids like me. But the day I showed them how to how to blow a bubble and how it got like super huge, you would have thought I was some sort of celebrity. They thought it was the most amazing thing they'd ever seen. And when it like pops all over your face, it's it's hilarious. They love it. Anyways, let them try and figure it out. They'll get there eventually. Then once they pretty much understand how to do it, have them collaborate on what the steps were, right? Very procedural. First, get out the gum, unwrap it. Second, put it in your mouth, chew. And then they have to kind of describe how to spread it over their tongue. And they kind of all disagree how that should be. Here's the teaching part. Here's the part where if your administrator walks in, they'll go, oh, what a clever idea. Then they just write a how-to essay. That's it. So they've gone through the process. They've had bunch of, lots of fun. They've collaborated on the different ways to describe it. They argue over, over the words to use in the exact order of the steps. And then they sit down and they write. And they write a how-to essay on how to blow a bubble. And they turn out great, actually, and um, buy some extra gum, send them home with it. If your school doesn't allow gum, I don't know, this can just be your secret clandestine activity. Um, But it's great. And the kids love it. The next activity is letters to next year's students. And I know many of you do this, but I, I just love this. I think it's so fun. So begin by having the students brainstorm fun or important things from the school year. It could be things like rules that you have in your class, um, hints that they would give next year's students on, on how to be successful, uh, tips, any any special requests they might want to make, um, how not to make Miss D grumpy, that kind of thing. I actually have an alter ego that the kids named Grumpy Miss D. When I get super cranky, they'll be like, oh, it's Grumpy Miss D. And we all laugh and then I get more angry. Um, But have them write all those little funny things, all those sort of inside jokes, all those those things that they know uh, next year's kids will enjoy. When I taught middle school, they always used to write the things they could ask me about that would get me off topic um, and and just start talking about (laughs) things or or movies. Like right now, I I just want to talk about all the things that they used to tell me to that they used to bring up so I'd get off topic one of them used to be like movie faux pas okay I'm not going that way but there are things that really bother me in movies uh like when superheroes have long hair start fighting and they don't tie their hair back how can they possibly see that that punch is coming from their you know six o'clock or whatever coming from behind them with their hair whipping around in their face it makes no sense why they would not put their hair in a ponytail right okay see this is what I'm talking about I'm not, the children are even here and I'm getting off topic. Put that in the letter. The next year's kids will think it's hilarious. Um, Also write about the fun things or maybe some of the activities or lessons that they should look forward to. And then all the students sit down and write and they write, you know, dear Miss D's next year students or dear, you know, new second graders, however you want to phrase it. And um, you can even have them collaborate and like group it into categories they want or just when I taught middle school, I just let them free write and they were hilarious. I love those letters. I loved reading them. But the best part is obviously at the beginning of the next year, you pass them out to the new students. And it's also a time filler. 
for that next year, right? Because like every now and then the first week's lessons are a little bizarre, or the schedule's off, and all of a sudden something that, you know, took an hour from other kids, they got done in like 10 minutes, and you have to fill time, bust out those letters, the kids will think it's hilarious, they can read them out loud, they can share some of their favorite parts, Um, there'll be lots of surprises they won't know about all that kind of stuff. All right, the next category is just ridiculous games. And the first one I didn't come out come up with shout out to my teacher friend Shannon, she came up with this forever ago. She actually didn't do this during the last week of school. So if you're listening to this at any time of the school year, this is a really fun Friday activity to do. What she would do is have the kids dump out their desks. And I mean, like, literally dump out their desks. She would let them tip out their desks and all the papers and books and, you know, chewed on pencils and pencil shavings and crayons and all that stuff would roll out. And then she would have different categories of awards. So things like she would let them create a structure with all the things, all the junk that dumped out of their desk. And like whoever's structure was the highest or the tallest um, won a prize. When I used to do this, um, I would give out awards for things like science experiment, meaning that like banana peel they forgot about in the back that's turning it into its own petri dish could also have um a competition on how fast they can clean whatever you want but they just love dumping out their desks that's the fun part um and they actually look forward to it so again do it on a friday do it on the last week of school we definitely have to do on the last week of school anyways because they have to take stuff home the next game is a paper airplane challenge and i know that sounds simple and obvious but all age groups have loved this And I'm actually surprised the longer I teach how uh, fewer and fewer kids know how to make paper airplanes, surprisingly enough, because I actually used to do an activity where in middle school, if the kids got 100% on a test, they got to make their test in a paper airplane and then throw them. And the airplane that went the furthest, they'd get an extra point on their next test. It was highly motivational for them to get a perfect score. Um, But in second grade, I don't do that. In second grade, we just have a paper airplane challenge at the end of the year. And you just need paper, obviously. I also like to have like a, a big gallon Ziploc bag or maybe like a big paper bag to hold their planes because they're actually going to make a couple planes. Go to the website foldandfly.com. It's F-O-L-D-N, like the letter N, fly, F-L-Y.com. They have a bunch of different styles of airplanes and step-by-step instructions. And what's great about it is the planes are organized by type, meaning these planes are good for distance, or these planes are acrobatic, or these are just decorative. And then they're also subcategorized by difficulty level, like is it easy, is it challenging, or whatnot. So put the students into groups and have them go to those websites so they can see all the different kinds of planes and explain the challenges. And here's the challenges I like to have with the... um, paper airplane categories. I like to have one that's sort of like a a target round, meaning they have to design a plane that they can hit a target with. And it can be really simple. You can just get a hula hoop and put it on the ground kind of far away from them. Um, Or actually one year I took a hula hoop and a jump rope and I hung it from a tree branch and they had to throw it through the hula hoop. That was super fun. Um, but basically they just have to hit a target. So knowing that that's one of the rounds, they're going to design a plane that they can 
control and have it go through something or go have it hit something. The next one is very similar, um, but it's it's accuracy in a in a straight line. And so basically, they have to create a, a plane that's going to fly r- super super straight. And it's really easy to measure. All you have to do is go to your basketball court or, or whatever you have your lines painted in your um, gym or out on the playground, and have them stand at one end one by one and and throw it down the line and the planes that land on the line uh, win. The next um, challenge is hang time. And so get a stopwatch, either, you know, just like a little timer on your phone and have them release it, start to stopwatch and whatever plane uh, hangs in the air the longest time wins. And then finally, the last category have them challenge on is distance. And so it's the plane that obviously goes the furthest. So they all stand on a line and throw it. So it's a target round where they're trying to hit a target. It's accuracy, meaning flying down a straight line, hang time, how long it's in the air and distance, how far it goes. And you can do this however you want. You could create little brackets where they have to play each other you could create teams um i usually just do teams and then let the kids each sort of pick i put them in groups of four and they pick which one they want to compete in and then the kids help each other design the planes or make the planes for each of those categories um and they compete and it's super fun and the kids love it and it actually takes a surprisingly long amount of time not only for making the planes like that's at least going to take 20 or 30 minutes, um, especially working with the younger kids because they need a lot of help with folding. But, you know, after that, the actual competitions take a really long time. And it's super fun to do. And, and other classes will see you and they want to get in on it too. You can really take this far too. If you really have time and energy, you can create a template and and create little like awards or certificates. Um, they could also spend some time working on their math skills, whether it's measuring the distance of each planes, measuring the difference in the distances, um, having to add, you know, the total hang time doing time math can be a little tricky. So having them work on that, um, could be an activity or you can award different points and have them add up the points and they have to tell you the winner is there's lots of different ways you can do this, but it actually takes up a, a really big chunk of time. Just a heads up. If you decide to do this with younger kids the next ridiculous game is an obvious one but the kids love minute to win it games and there's a lot of ones that don't require supplies or prep so sometimes i'll throw in a couple minute to win it games on that last week of school the other game i really like to play is um a teacher kahoot and so i create a kahoot but you can use whatever kind of game software system you want to do. But basically, I create questions about me. So it might be things about my life, like what's my dog's name, or it could be funny anecdotes from that happened during the school year inside jokes that you guys have. And the kids play, uh, play it and try and and win um, who knows their teachers best. And I also like throwing in things like things they don't know, like my middle name, (laughs) or things like that. They all know my age. What is it with second graders who immediately ask your age? Like, I think I'm three sentences in on the first day of school every year. And they're like, how old are you? And then, you know, 20 minutes will go by and another kid will be like, Misty, um, I have a question. How old are you? And they're just like obsessed with no, maybe it's just me. Email me and tell me (laughs) if your students care as much about your age as they do about mine. Um, Teacher Kahoot, super fun. What's great at the end too, is you can have the kids 
uh, just write on a three by five card a fun fact about themselves. And I very quickly, the night before the last day of school, just throw together a game about their students, about the, I mean, about the other kids, their peers in the class. And that's super fun for them to each have a question about them. And they actually learn some fun things about their friends and their peers that they didn't know about. So that's super fun. The last activity under Ridiculous Games isn't really a game, um, but man, is it fun. And I thought this was fun playing with kinder. Wait till you bust this out with middle school and high schoolers. So you know how you have to, well, at all the schools I've worked at, (laughs) we've had to clean the desks. I'm pausing because like, I don't know why. I feel like you could haul out all the desks and just hit them with a hose. Anyways, point being the kids had to clean the desk. So I decided one year to make that into an activity because one year when I was teaching middle school, I made the horrible mistake of thinking, oh man, sixth graders could totally clean their desk. I'm going to bring a couple buckets and some sponges. And it immediately turned into a water fight. And I know better, like even saying it right now makes me realize how stupid I am because it is so obvious that you cannot do that with middle schoolers without it turning into a problem. But I was so young and idealistic. Anyways, um, this might turn into one of those things too, but I've had more success with this. Bring shaving cream. Like the old um, Barbasol, like metal can, $1.99, smells like your grandpa shaving cream works best. Don't even bother going with the expensive stuff and definitely don't get the cream you got to get the actual I'm sorry like don't get the like thick cream what am I trying to say the stuff that comes out like conditioner you want the real foamy foamy stuff spray it on all the desks and then have the kids finger paint or draw things with it um they're gonna want to flick at each other so just set down your ground rules but after that after they don't flick at each other they actually have fun and you can throw in things like Um, I think you can do like temper paint or food coloring or whatever, and it colors it and they can do all kinds of stuff. Anyways, have them draw on the desk. It actually does a surprisingly good job at removing any tape or that kind of laminate sticker stuff you put down for their name tags that never comes off. The shaving cream actually helps lift all that. So at least you're doing that. So have them take the desk outside, put the shaving cream on the desk, have them play right on it, do all this stuff. Kinder students love this. And then just grab a big bucket and or a hose and just rinse it all off. That's all. All right. The last thing I like to do is create a really easy template for a memory book. Not all my students or very few of my students can actually afford um, to buy a yearbook every year. And it's always really sad and disheartening for the kids who, who want to have a memory of their friends or have them sign something. So I always create a really simple simple memory book template. If you go to Canva, C-A-N-V-A.com, uh, you hear, you've probably heard me talk about Canva a lot. You can get lots of free templates. Just look up yearbook or memory book template or that kind of thing. And they're great. And they're, you know, usually just a couple pages that I stapled together. You can have a couple coloring pages that the kids can color it in and make it look nice. But I like to include things like letting them write about what their favorite memory was, their friends' names, maybe their favorite books or their favorite recess games. I also like to have a space that says um, note from the teacher. And I either pre-fill those in 
with what I want to tell the kids or I let them come up to me and I, and I sign it. I write a little message to them. And of course I have a page in the back for their friends signatures. And that way everybody, even students who don't have a yearbook can participate in the signing at the end of the year. The last activity is really great. If you can swing it in terms of logistics with the schedule, this one's always kind of hard. Um, but I like to have their next year teachers come and say hi. Now, obviously, you know, we have a couple third grade teachers, so the kids won't know exactly who they have, but having the next year's teachers come in and just introduce who they are so the kids could put a face to the name, maybe talk about, you know, a couple of things they like doing in their class or something about them is so nice um, because I, I remember that from a kid, like when you're so nervous about next year and, you know, I hope the teacher likes me. I hope I like my teacher who, you know, I don't know who they are and just having them meet those people before they go into the summer is really nice. Even if, you know, obviously they don't know which teacher they may have until August. Um, it's still nice for them to meet who they are. And it's great for the third grade teachers. They get to come in and see the kids that they might be having and that kind of thing. So if you can swing it so that the next year's teachers can come and say hi, even if it's just really quickly on their recess or break or something, I think it's a, a nice little activity. So those are my end of the year activities. Um, I hope you enjoyed them. If you have some that you would like to share uh, with me and I can share with our community, please email info at thetimecrunchedteacher.com and I would be happy to hear how you end the year. All right, today's classroom story is the advice I like to give every new teacher when he or she walks up to me and says, Marielle, um, what do you what do you do on the last day of school? Like, like, how do you um, clean up the classroom? First of all, every new teacher thinks they have to clean up the classroom on their own. I don't care what grade you teach, the kids can do it. There's no reason why the teacher should have to clean and pack up the entire class on their own. Obviously, if you want to organize supplies and go through stuff on your own in your cabinets, that's totally fine. But the actual packing up or cleaning of the classroom, the kids can totally help. They love to help. Um, but here's the little shout out I give to all the new teachers. You need to find the kid who plays Connect Four. Let me explain. Every good teacher knows that you have to give every kid a job or have them sign up. So it's like, all right, these kids are going to pack up the class library or organize it. Oh, these kids are going to go, you know, deal with the calendar and pack that away. But let me be honest here. There's always a kid or kids that just can't handle it. <laughs> <laughs> they either like make a huge mess or they get in the way or um, they're just one of those high energy kids that kind of half do a task and finish it in 30 seconds and then, you know, want a thousand more tasks and but they're like not done to completion. And then all the kids who are doing it right get frustrated. Anyways, you all know that kid. Maybe you were that kid. Maybe I was that kid. Um, so he here's what I've learned. Get Connect for. And as all the kids are signing up for the little things they're going to do, oh, I'm going to take down, you know, the student work board. Oh, I'm going to do the calendar. Oh, I'm going to, you know, pack away the cozy corner. You assign that kid that they get to play Connect Four. I know. Is it fair? No. Should I be teaching that kid the responsibility of packing up a class? Probably. But it's the last day of school. I've tried really hard. This kid and I have probably, you know, gone through some things and some challenges. I'm sure I love them to death, but I just cannot handle the <laughs> chaos of a kid that um, 
can't do the job. So they get to play Connect Four. They can pick whoever they want to play Connect Four, um, and they will sit there and play Connect Four. They love it. I've I've never had a kid deny it and say no. I don't want to play Connect Four. If they for some reason don't want to play Connect Four and they would like to help you, then have them help you. That's totally fine. But I have found that the playing Connect Four is sort of the the secret code to the kid that they get to do something special because, you know, I maybe don't trust them with tax and pulling them out of the, the wall. So there you have it. There's the honest truth of what happens by the last week of school. And uh, what I tell every new teacher, you need to find the kid who plays Connect Four. And I remember the first year I did this, the kid was so jazzed. And, you know, I think we made memories that day. Thank you so much for your kind attention. Until next time, teachers. Bye for now.